Hello and welcome back to the Red Sector MotoGP podcast, your home for everything MotoGP 2 and 3. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Bono. How are we doing? Yeah, I'm doing very well, thank you. Um, sorry to everybody listening that this is a little bit later than we... We keep saying this every single episode, but we have legitimately had issues that are not of our problem and not our... Well, yes. not our problem. They are our problem, they're just not our fault. Um, but yeah, no, Assen, very looking forward to getting my teeth into it. Um, really exciting weekend, and every year we go to Assen makes me want to go to Assen even more the following year. So, um, so yeah, no, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, probably top of my list to go to, or, or or definitely in the top three, I'd say. Um, but actually, this I'd say this weekend was a was a a, a clean sweep in terms of enjoyable enjoyability with the races i thought that all three classes were really enjoyable this weekend mm. which i think has been quite a rarity this year this season for me anyway personally it's been a rarity for all three to to be enjoyable but you know mm. this season yeah all that sorry this this weekend at Assen, yeah all all three races were were top top class um yeah no, your I... thoughts yeah your thoughts on motor three first I think we had a tiny bit of news to say. I, I was going to say that's why I, I kind of paused then because I was thinking about news for this weekend and we're quite light on it. We yeah, we're quite light on it, but um, anyone that is listening that isn't aware of this, um, Alex Rins is basically confirmed to go to LCR Honda. It's Nothing's been announced team or rider, but it's, you know, I mean, Alex Marquez has obviously been moved on to Cressini and the Nakagami seat, I think, is... I don't want to say this and take like this is an official or anything, but that seat to me sort of says that it's Honda that picked that seat and it's kind of East Asian, you know, preferred. Um, whereas the other seat, which is obviously currently occupied by Alex Marquez, is free now. And Alex Rins has obviously not got a ride at the end of the year with Suzuki leaving. So that says to me that all the rumours and the talk around the paddock that are going on at the minute, that Alex Rins will be going to LCR Honda. And I think that will probably get announced before Silverstone, if not pretty much straight mm. after. So yep. we can probably wait for that announcement in the next few weeks. And indeed. Turns out, well, I don't think he has much much other options anyway, really. Um, no. Of course, Maprilia, for whatever reason, nothing came of that. That seemed to be the favourite destination at the time, but... Nothing came of that. Um, talks with KTM, but it seems Jack Millie was a was a better fit anyway, like we've discussed. So, kind of it, Honda re- realistically is the only place he can go. So, um, mm. which again, I did say I do on. I do find it quite an interesting concept, like Alex Rins on a Honda because he mm. doesn't look like the kind of Honda rider, but he might he might surprise he might, a few people. He might really do. And um, he'll be he'll be breathing down uh, Mia's neck anyway. Well, he might be breathing down a soon to be Marquez, as yeah. then yeah then to be soon to be retired Marquez mm. also you never know um that, 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 that is it a might long take him, yeah I mean I think it's been very well documented that the Honda is without a doubt the hardest bike to jump on and it's not even like a only the best riders can adapt to that bike it's just how twisty and turvy mm. that bike is at the minute it's not like you jump on a Yamaha and I know Yamaha you alluded to it in a tweet, and I think you're, I think you're not far wrong, really, in saying that if Fabio gets injured, then Yamaha are in a situation like Honda. But 
what I do think is, is you look at Honda and anyone else that isn't Marquez is not only not being able to ride it, they're getting injured badly. And I know that risk mm-hmm. is kind of in the sport anyway, but the Yamaha is not that. Whereas that bike being the Honda is just, it's just a nasty bike to ride at yeah. the minute. And yeah. it's just, it's kicking and screaming at any form of pace, really. Whereas the Yamaha doesn't have the pace with anybody other than Fabio, it seems. But, albeit the results of Assen say otherwise, this whole season does show that, you know, it's not like riders are crashing four or five times. I mean, I think Paul in FP2, was it? Or FP3 crashed twice in the space of five minutes. It's it's not very nice it's, to it's see. It's a very un- unforgiving bike. Yeah, so really. that that's a... You know, you, if you were Rins or Mir going into Honda, you can't tell me you would be going into it giving it that extra 10% to adapt. You're going to be a little bit hesitant to think, well, look at Paul, look at Mark, look at, you know, Nakagami, you look at anyone that's rode that, but look at Lorenzo, it finished Lorenzo. It's mm. it's not a very friendly bike. And well, the Honda's never been a friendly bike, no. but even before these last few years... It's been a respectable. I mean, look at Alex Marquez in 2020. He's not. He's not an aggressive rider, Alex Marquez, and he's still, you know, mustered a few results. Up, got a couple of podiums and whatnot. Whereas, I mean, Paul. Paul looks like he's. He looks like he's on his knees on that bike at the minute. I mean, I know he literally is. He's struggling to breathe. He, that's why he did pull out the weekend. But you know, it's it's unbelievable how we looked at Paul before Honda and said. Yeah, I reckon he's the guy, and you would, you would say that before he went to Honda. But my God, he, I, I can't believe how much it's kicked him back. I thought it would kick him back, but I didn't think it would kick him back this much, yeah. which makes me look at Alex Rins and go, I don't know, it might be a surprise, but I, I just don't, I well, don't know I mean, Honda, it, do it, you? Rins is an interesting one for the Honda because I feel like if there's anyone that could tame the Honda, it could be him. But if you look at how mistake prone he was on the Suzuki, if he's anything like that on that Honda, he's it's going to punish him big time. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I kind of think Mir more so than Rins would suit that bike, but I don't think. I mean, if you said to me what what bike would Mir suit the best, I think it'd be a Yamaha. But I do think he has got a bit of aggressive like side to him that would suit a Honda. Um, but I mean, apart since Suzuki have basically throwing the towel in. Before that, Jeremy has never been a crasher. Never. Not once. Not in Moto3, Moto2 or GP. Never been a crasher. Since Suzuki have thrown the towel in, it seems like it's a little bit topsy-turvy mm. in that in that team and it's gone a bit school with. But you know what? If Jeremy has to ride it like he's been riding the Suzuki at the minute and pushing it, I don't fear for him at Honda, but I'm a little bit like, is that going to ruin him? Because... If he then only proves that he can't do it on a Honda, which I think he can, I think Jeremy is unbelievable in terms of the, the calibre of talent that man has. But I think if he goes to Honda and does diddly squat on it, he's left with no stock. You look at Paul Aspargo. Yeah, yeah. He's gone to Honda. It. Yeah, he's not a world really champion. Can. But he's gone to Honda as this is the guy, he'll, he'll show you. And now he's gone back to KTM and a step down to Tech 3, which is what mm. looks to be the case. And it's like, he's not only gone but, back, he's gone back way, that's... he's wounded. He's badly wounded. Yeah, that that's... But partly, I think for Paul, it's more timing. Like, it's just... It's unfortunate because they probably would have kept him for another season, Honda. Mm. But the whole Suzuki 
scenario yeah. has ended up that they felt well that me is available that will happen. And I do think as well, it's almost like a double edged sword with Marquez being injured. So they've looked to Paul to say, You've got to pull something out of the bag here. Mm. And because he can't, it's like, yeah. Well, you're definitely not good enough. And it, yeah, I feel for I him feel a bad. bit. I feel bad for Paul because I think, yeah. given another season, he might have yeah. done something. But it's sometimes timings in MotoGP it just doesn't work out in your favour. Um, yeah. and I guess for Paul, it, it just hasn't, it really hasn't. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, timings wise, uh, talking about like the fat satellite Yamaha, um, sorry, not satellite Yamaha, satellite Honda. Um, Ayagora apparently he's, he says he doesn't feel ready to step up to MotoGP. Now, I mean, I don't know if, if it's his choice or if Honda are just maybe like, maybe right, he's looking at someone like Ralph Fernandez that said, yeah. I don't feel ready, and he got kind of pushed up same, yeah. same did Laquona was meant to go to KTM uh, with the IO squad in Moto2 and then got pushed up to Tech 3 and I just really hope that they don't force these riders up and then leave them with nothing I mean mm. Laquona might say oh I'm happy at World Superbikes under Honda and it looks like he's doing really well to be fair like in terms of you know a young lad that's the age that he is and on a on a HRC factory bike is you know it's a big big mm. deal but I just look at Fernandez and I see such a good rider and I beg and pray that that man doesn't get left on the sidelines at the end of this year. And I don't want that to happen to Celestino Vietti, Augusto Fernandez, Ayagora. Do you know I me? Mean? These riders that they just, I, you know, if Pedro Costa got signed next year and didn't do wonders in his first year in MotoGP, I would feel so bad, not just so bad for him because people would say, you know, you know, it's something like, it's the biggest pond you can be in. But these guys need... Just just let them bed in and gain some experience to go up with something, you know, they've fought for a few Grand Prix wins, they've fought for an X amount of time. Don't just throw them straight in with, yeah, yeah, we'll look after you. And then they've got... I mean, look at Lacona. Lacona's prime example. Brilliant rider, phenomenal rider, did... I think he got a couple of podiums and a couple of pole, uh, pole positions on, if you remember at the time, that, can you remember the uh, Apex Legends KTM bike that he was on with Sam Lewis? I mean, fucking, that bike was, that bike was something. He was doing that at 16 years old and then went up to, um, you know, went around Moto2 a little bit and then eventually ended up in Tech 3 at 18, 19 years old. And before he'd even bed his feet in, he's he's gone again. And it's like... You know, I mean, he did a year with Red Bull Tech 3. Didn't really do much, but again, he's like 18. Did a year in, half a year in Tech 3 when we found out that last year's Tech 3 bike and KTM was atrocious. And I think he got like a sixth or an eighth or something at Silverstone. And around the same time, he's getting sacked. And it's like... Yeah, it was bizarre. What rider on earth on that Tech 3 bike could get any better than an eighth, seventh? You know what I mean? You, You couldn't. You... You could put Mark Marquez on that bike and he'd get best fourth, fifth on that last year's KTM. I, I don't believe anyone could get anything better than that, really. The bike was a No, it was it was it was silly. I mean KTM when it when it was pretty much when that was happening with Fernandez looking like he was gonna join um RNF or what would is now RNF Yamaha. Really KTM should have been like, All right, off you go, uh to RNF and then they could have kept Laquona on and had Gardner along beside him. Um, yeah. That would have been... Well, I, I completely agree yeah. with you in the sense of, like, I'm listening to... I don't know if it was Hervé Poncheral or if it was 
one of the KTM bosses said, Tech 3 need experience. And I'm like, the audacity to turn around and say you need experience when you've just sacked Danilo mm. Petrucci and you've just sacked Ikela Kwona, who's had would have had then two years on the bike, and you've rushed Ralph Fernandez up, who said openly, I don't want to go up yet, I don't feel ready. And now you're claiming we need experience. He, I, me personally, without going too far into the KTM, I, I think there's been some really, really silly decisions made at KTM in the last 24 months. I yeah. just think it's been very instinctual. It's been very off the cuff and basing it off of the last week and not looking at the big picture. I just think they've kind of bit off more than they can chew. Mm. Um, and with the Agora point that we were alluding to originally... If he gets that ride, good for him. But Nakagami's had how many years? Five? Too many six years. years? Yeah. He's not done anything on it. And, you know, credit where credit's due. You can't say he's not tried. Okay, cool, whatever. But then don't get Agora up. And then if Agora doesn't perform in the first year, chuck him to the side and get Chanter up. Like, let the. Mm. Bl- You've given Nakagami five, at least five years with no product. He's not got one podium. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, so I don't see it anymore. It's like the same with football. Managers used to get five, six, seven years. Now, if you don't do anything in the first six months, you're gone. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. I, I look at Laquona and I think they missed a massive talent in Laquona. I really do. And, you know, I think Petrucci still had something in it. The, the year before he got sacked, he won at Le Mans. Yeah. So, yeah. you know what I mean? It's you, I, I just, I don't know. I, I think KTM have really got to just kind of look within rather than keep looking out and blaming other people for mm. fatal errors they keep making. But, hey, I mean, they're getting rid of Miguel Oliveira. The blokes won. How many races he won for KTM? He won at Indonesia. He won at Portimao. He won at Austria. Yeah. He's won three times. Binder's won Bruno, Austria, Anti. Has he yeah. won any more than that? No, two. So he's won more races on the KTM than anyone. He's been sacked. And two of those were satellite wins as well yeah two of them were tech three's first ever and only ever victories and they've sacked him yeah you know what i mean you look at it like that and you say what's going on what is going on on with ktm we're looking at you on the podcast of that i mean you got in jack miller great i think jack miller's a decent rider and whatnot the bloke's been on the best bike on the grid for them to make eight of them and can't challenge for can't even get near his teammate but you're getting him involved over the guy that's won you the most races out of anyone. <laughs> How does that add up? How does that add up? Tell me, Josh. Tell me, please. How does that add up? The only caveat I, I will put in, the only thing I'll preface is... But, well, kind of. Uh, no no, no defence for KTM, but obviously, for whatever reason, they were like, no, we're not having Elevator in the in the Factory team anymore, but do you want the satellite team? Do you want the satellite bike? And obviously, Elevator was like, no. I don't want a satellite bike, thank you very much. <laughs> Not I don't in the blame KTM you for it's, It makes, it, it just, you know, it, it doesn't make any sense. Um, anyway, yeah, KTM, they're just a, they're just a bit of a, a bit of a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, enigma. <laughs> a bit of an enigma, aren't they, with, with how they manage. I it, The problem with KTM is they've got bloody so many riders in the junior programme. And, yet they can't even, and then they can't even manage the riders have got 
already. We've said this. In, we, we've said yeah. it last year in saying that it's all right having all of these riders and all of these programs and all of these academies and signing them on for years and years and years so that Honda, Yamaha, Suzuki, anyone else don't come and poach them. But then you've got more riders. You can't have eight riders fit into four team slots mm. and then in the four team slots blame those four riders for, get, for not being what you've just got... It, it's backwards. It's absolutely yeah. backwards, and it, it frustrates the life out of me. Reading stuff like we need te- we need experience in tech three. You've sacked them. You have sacked them. They've not left out of choice. You sacked them, and not only did you sack them, you sacked them whilst they were out riding on track publicly. They didn't even warn them. They literally yeah. said, yeah, well, "You know, I'm we're having contract to... negotiations." And I believe, if correct me if I'm wrong, if you're listening to this. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was FP3 Austria last year, and they sacked them. I, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I, I, the audacity to come out with stuff like this is beyond me. If I were Laquona, I'd just be sitting there smiling, thinking, "Well, I'm better off without you." If that's how you yeah. want to talk. Then well, I mean, Laquona's in a good you. position. If he if he performs on that Honda, and they say if he wins a championship, that he might he might get another shot in MotoGP. You know? I don't think he'll win a championship on that Honda, but yeah, I definitely think he can he can pull that Honda up more than what it should be pulled up on. And maybe yeah, I I honestly, if someone said to me, one rider outside of the MotoGP program, would you like to see in MotoGP besides like top rack? I think honestly, I think Laquona, I I I genuinely do. I'd love to see Laquona back in MotoGP. I think mm. he's massively overlooked. And again, he he was in Moto Two when people were like, "Oh, check this kid out, 16. 16. You know what I mean? Like we're looking at Aldeguer, who's just got a pole in Argentina this year. We're like, "Check this guy out." Lacona was sixteen, went to MotoGP and got like top ten finishes in his second year on a howler of a bike. Got well, sacked. yeah, we will. Uh, we'll have to watch this space because if Marquez does in the next couple of years decide he's he's done, oh, be huge. Uh, if if Rins is then brought up from LCR to replace him, I think Lacona probably will be on the shortlist of well, riders to go into the LCR. Who's seat, to say so. that Pedro Costa won't get that ride if Marquez... he might? Well, I mean, I mean, if we're looking at the, if we're looking at how shambolic KTM are at the moment, then that's always a possibility. So, unfortunately, there's <laughs> more a possibility. There's more bums in seats, and there always will be. So, it, yeah. it's, unfortunately, people do end up losing out. Um, yeah. Well, that's things, Sam. We currently have two timing. people that have got to leave this year, haven't we? Because yeah. Suzuki have left, and I just see it being both R and F boys, personally. Yeah, unfortunately. I mean, Dovi was always going to retire when he. I don't think yeah. he's that bothered, but Binder, hopefully, I think he's he's done enough probably to to warrant like a Moto Two ride instead oh, of going yeah. straight back down to Moto Three. Um, so hopefully, he gets a Moto Two ride, and then obviously he can be like, right, well, if he if he goes on to win a championship in Moto Two, then it'd be like, well, up you come again, but. We'll see. You're shaking your head viciously. Yeah. There, no, I, so I, I, you can't no see that happening. No disrespect Darren Binder, but I just don't see Darren Style winning a championship in Moto2. Yeah, I think, he, I, think he, he, I, I do think he suits a GP bike more than a Moto2 bike. I know that might sound a bit weird. I'm not saying he, he'll do better in GP than he will too, because I think he'll have a better bike for what class he's mm. in in Moto2. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I think in MotoGP, I think his style suits it more, because Moto2 is more... I don't know, it just... You know when you look at riders and you just know they'll work? I think Izan Guevara, who we'll move on to in a minute when we get to Moto3, I think Izan Guevara will suit Moto2 like a glove. I just think his riding style is just so... 
mm. don't know. He just looks so natural entering corners. He just got that. I don't know. I don't know. I, th- I just think he'll do well in Moto Two, and it might he might be up there next year. So we'll see, I guess. But um, that kind of moves us into Moto Three quite swiftly. Um, yes. We had a finishing order of Ayumu Sasaki, who finally gets his first Grand Prix win. Um, Izan Guevara and Sergio Garcia. We obviously had the non-scorers of um, well, I've just the, the, without being disrespectful to any of them, the most important one is Dennis Foggia, who, although I think his gap is smaller this year as it was last year, and he's still challenged for the title. But Dennis Foggia has got to have a brilliant second half of the season, which is doable. I still think it's yeah. doable. Uh, yeah, it's just yeah. now it's there that you've got this Izan Guevara who's just. He's just on such good form, right? He, he just forget results, even though he's won two and finished second. Just watching him every weekend goes out on his own, paces up there every session, qualifies well, leads races confidently, comfortably. Do you know what I mean? Like he's on form. You got Sergio Garcia, who's you can never count out. Um, so yeah, we had non finishers of Joel Kelso, who I I really hope he's doing all right because his crash was huge. After being wiped out by Adrian Fernandez, we have John McPhee, David Munoz, uh, Shuam, uh, I fucking can't pronounce it, um, Jamie Messier, Dennis Foggia, Scott Ogden, and Elia Bartolini. Jamie Messier? I can't even pronounce his name. How would you pronounce it? Shuam, uh... Shuam Messier. Sh- Shami? <laughs> I'm having a bit of a, a bit of a mind fart there. Um, but yeah. It's just Joam, Joam Messier, isn't it? Shuam uh... Messier, yeah. I don't know. I'm acting like I've never watched the sport. Like I've not watched him <laughs> since he was on that real estate's KTM in Austria in 2018 or whatever it was when he made his debut. Uh, but yeah, um, ambitious moves on the last lap to say the least from Adrian Fernandez and David Munoz. Um, oh wow! Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Very um, very ambitious. Uh, thoughts. And of course, well, who 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 ended up I mean, with? Uh... I c- <laughs> I don't want to look at it in the sense of young kids, you know, unexperienced. It they've been racing long enough to know that that's not on, and they they will get a slap on the wrist for that, I'm sure. But yeah, I think it's I think... A, a week to forget, not a weekend, a week to forget for Scott. I think Scott just had bad luck from the start with yeah, the uh, with definitely. the mosquito bite, and I think he said in an interview, um, you know, the stuff behind the scenes. I don't know if it's family related or personal or whatnot, but I hope for. For Scott's purposes, I hope that, you know, he kind of puts Aston behind him and moves on with a clear head and, you know, gets a bit of form. He, yeah, and... didn't he say it was like the toughest weekend he's had so far? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's sometimes as well on track if if, if yeah. you're not feeling the rhythm of it, you know, you, you, yeah. you're probably going to not end the race. Yeah, probably but I, I hope whatever has um, happened is all kind of in Scott's favour, you know, using it to his advantage and using it as good experience on how he reflected on it, you know what I mean, like moving mm. forward. Um, but yeah, obviously, like I said, Dennis Foggia crashing out was a big one. Yeah, I mean, wow. Uh, going over that kerb and that was it. You, you just saw him get sent through the gravel there. Yeah, that's um, that was huge, that crash. But that nearly caught a few people out through yeah. all three classes. Um Sam Lowe's nearly. Yep, Sam Lowe's. I think uh, who in MotoGP? Jack Miller, maybe. I'm yeah, sure I, I, I remember seeing somebody that went over it. Yeah, and mm. sort of probably watched so, Dennis Foggia and thought, "Ooh, hang on." It's uh, it was unlucky, really, in a sense that 
you know, all he did was if he hadn't gone over that little curb, he, he might have stayed in. Whether he would have, you know, stayed in the whole race, who knows? But I think uh, I feel like he's just been pushing it, hasn't he? He's what it's one of them kind of situations for Fodger where I guess maybe going into the summer break, break especially, he's wanted to try and um, kind of capitalise or get some momentum going. Um, yeah, he's chasing his tail a little bit. He is, yeah, but of course, as we know, it can make you more prone to crashes yeah. um, and mistakes, as we've seen. Um, he's just, I think he's just been in a rut recently because how many DNFs has he had now? He's had um, quite well, a I mean, few. He crashed at Mugello. Obviously, mm. I think he did. He catch a um, tear off or something, or like accelerated or something on a tear off. I read. Um, he had a fault at Barcelona. Crashed at Assen. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's three. You know, if you if you want to win a championship, any more than three DNFs, I think you. Yeah. You know, definitely. unless it's a, a, a kind of a. Well, like you need. Uh, three uh, max three DNFs, but you also need to win or, yeah. or like podium every the race, which he hasn't been doing. Well, you need to beat your rivals for a start. And no, exactly. Garcia has not been off the podium, has he? Since when was Garcia last off the podium? I'll look that up whilst you give your thoughts on. Well, I mean, obviously we had a Yuma Sasaki winning for for once, which mm. is was nice to see. To be fair, I was, I was very happy, nice. But... I mean, I'll mention that of course we had Moonoff, Moonoff. Uh, Getting a bit feisty. Uh, fair enough, he was fighting for the lead, which you always like to see. Always fighting for that kind of... Well, he was, I think, wasn't he? He was fighting for the podium positions, at least. But um, I think maybe a bit, bit of an experience on his part with, with Motor3 riding and, and the way that that you need to be very strategic and tactical about it. Um, I think yeah. he's gone all guns blazing. And, of course, it's... it's... But, obviously, crashing, it, it's meant John McPhee was kind of... Yeah, a, a bystander because I think it, it put him off his river. He, he wasn't directly involved in the crash, but he was behind. And I think mm. it's them crashings. Obviously, sometimes it can it, it, it triggers like a reflex, and he's yeah. like maybe grabbed a, too much front brake, and he's gone down as well. So John McPhee just cannot catch a break. He was looking, he was looking on for like a top five, top six finish there. Yeah, battling definitely. for a podium place, uh, and <laughs> it, it, it's just. He cannot catch a break, and it's yeah. so sad to see because he was—he was probably. I was thinking he's probably my rider of the day, and uh, well, cursed him. Yes, I mean I might um, still do a, a Matt Polanski and him <laughs> as my rider of the day, but because he gave it a know. good go. Yeah, um, but I just think about Joe Garcia on, on the on the podium side of things. Yeah, I thought he'd got on the podium at Barcelona, but he didn't, did he? Because he he miscalculated the laps. I was just oh, saying, yeah, when was the last yeah. time he was on the podium? But it was actually Le Mans where he finished seventh. Before that, Jerez second, Portugal first. Um, America's retired, but Argentina won. I get that brilliant move against Foggia. So when he's finished, he's only not been on the podium three times this year. So Garcia is, you know, consistent as ever. I mean, Christ, that's to you know, if you if you go into the last couple of laps, you know Garcia's in your group. You've not seen Garcia out on your pit board. To know that he always gets on the podium, if not, it's around the top five. It just puts that extra pressure on your head, like, I have to finish on the podium. I have mm. to win. Do you know what mm. I mean? For somebody like Guevara, especially someone like Foggia. 
So yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but I didn't want to like, I didn't, no, talk, it's, I didn't it's... want somebody to listen and go, he didn't finish Pony Hunt- Catalonia and me be like, leave me alone. Like, <laughs> I've got to clear that yeah, up. Yeah, it's uh, no, it, there's a lot of pressure to it. Um, but as we said, as we know, it's kind of how competitive it can be in, Mo- in Moto Three. I mean, what was it this this round? Of course, I said it was an exciting race, which it was. Uh, you had like seven or eight, seven or eight riders, um, battling. For the kind of for the podium for places, so yeah, it was I mean, it was it was so the five that finished the five that finished in the front group were split between yes. six tenths of a second. Yeah, it's it's crazy, um, and, and you, you if... can kind of you know Artigas and Suzuki were probably just unlucky not to get on the podium. It, mm. it can kind of come down to, a bit to luck when it's that close fighting. Yeah, um, but I think the the three races we've had. It does lend itself to Assen as a circuit as to why we have good races. Um, in my opinion, it's the definitely obviously the the the, the built it was built for motorbike racing. Um, and it's a reason why probably you know Assen's held as many um GP races as it has because of the the quality of racing that we have there. Um, and this is another kind of race weekend that's proven proven that and added to that kind of prestige as, as to why it should be near everyone's kind of near the top of everyone's list to go to yeah i mean personally if you said to me well I'll say if you said to me anybody listening to this that has not heard about or completed the motor gp survey josh is too lazy so josh didn't finish his um <laughs> No, uh, I've just finished my literally seconds before starting the podcast, so I can't call anybody. Um, but I do recommend people to go and fill it in because what Josh has just alluded to in saying, like, you know, a track like Assen has to be, you know, it's got to be on there. It's got to be on people's list to go and visit. Um, the survey basically, as part of the survey, is what circuits do you see as absolute musts? And... I don't want to get anything. I don't want to become like political on this podcast at all. But it's I, I almost have the same opinion of like, if you care about what you're talking about, like day to day, then go and vote. So I use the same thing in MotoGP in saying if you have a problem, or even if you have things to kind of you know congratulate MotoGP and Dorna on how well they do things, go and fill the survey in, give your thoughts on it, and let people know what you think because with that feedback, they will they will use that feedback. Like they're not doing it that, you know, it costs money to run that feed, to, to run that survey and whatnot. And it costs people in dawn and money to have people regulate it and go and take the results outside. They're not doing it for, you know, the shits and gigs. The, go and fill it in, give your feedback because it, it said to me, what were the top, I think, is it five, Josh, or three that are absolute, five, wasn't it? Five absolute think, musts for the calendar. Yeah, yeah. And I picked Magello, um, Assen, Le Mans, I think, and Sepang with Phillip Island, because that to me, I think if if those if one of those five were not on the calendar, I'd be like, whoa, like what's what's going on here? Like if I had another one, I'd have probably said Hareth. I think Hareth just becomes so pivot. If you said to me you have to keep you have to keep one Spanish round, it would be between Barcelona and Hareth. Aragon and Valencia wouldn't even come into it. Um, and I think you, I mean you've got to have a Spanish round with the the money. You know we've said about before with spain and whatnot but just quickly i want to have that point of please please go and fill that survey in if you are listening because there's things on there 
that make me sick that are on there, like sprint races. Like I vote highly against sprint races in MotoGP. F1, have your opinion. Keep, you know, different sport, completely different sport. Go and take that opinion elsewhere. For GP, I don't want to see a sprint race even close to it. I just don't like them for GP. I've grown up with Sunday is the day for a race. It's one big race. You build up towards it. That, for me, is how it should be. If you have a different opinion, that's cool. Go fill the survey in. I don't want to... If I see anybody on Twitter moaning about how Dorna run MotoGP, but then haven't filled the survey in, I don't care what your opinion is. Like, I, I'm like... <laughs> You know, go and give your opinion. They're giving you a chance to go and fill it in. So I'm going to reiterate and reiterate and reiterate that point. And then Dorna can invoice, I can invoice Dorna for some marketing money and whatnot for pushing that. But I don't know what you think, Josh, but I think it's almost like, I don't know, do you, do you back that point of like, if people have an opinion on it, they should definitely go and fill it in. I think it's a bit controversial to say they should be doing this, but then oh, I can't be asked to fill a survey in. It's like, you know. Yeah, it's worth doing. I think I'll, I'll probably give it another crack. Um, Josh will probably do it at work. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, I'll try to. It's uh, it is worth doing because you know, the, depending what how many people fill it in, what the circuit could kind of shape the future of um, the sport, and you know where where it goes from here. Because it's good that Dawn are wanting this amount of feedback from the fans. Agree. Um, because it shows that they are at least semi-interested in what we have to think and what yeah. direction we think that the sport should be going in. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's good. It's good. And it's, some could argue it should have been a lot done a lot sooner, but the fact that they're doing it now is, is I'm good. I was going to say, better late um, than never, eh? Exactly, exactly. Um, so uh, in terms of rider of the day, if you've got nothing else you think we should Ooh. discuss... Uh, who should it I'm be? Because I, I guess uh, I know, like Sasaki and Guevara had a massive, had a really good battle at the front. Guevara led the mm. way for majority of the race, and Sasaki pipped him. Um, yeah. But I think really Sasaki, you know, a well deserved and about time that he's got his first win. Um, yeah, and going into the boring. summer break, you, you know, probably no better time to actually to have your first win, really. And a team that won the British Grand Prix last year with Fanari. I mean, I know it's a different rider, but mm. they're going to have a lot of confidence going into a race that yeah. they've already won. And they didn't just yeah. win it on Moto3, right, Merrick? Yeah. They, they won it. <laughs> he was, again, it's not like F1 where if you're in that car that's done so well at a track every year, you're going to probably be thinking anyone in that car, give or take, could do fairly well in it. That Whatever that team did to that bike last year and Fanati just was so harmonious they they i think tell me if i'm wrong josh but i think in fp1 or fp2 last year in silverstone i think he was like 1.1 quicker than anyone he, he was just streets ahead like mm. anyway um rider of the day i will give uh, i'm trying to see if there's any dark horses i fancy giving a bit of a shout to i'll give it to I'll give it Javi Artigas because I think that team have sort of rolled off a little bit mm. um, since Indonesia kind of time. And I really rate Artigas. I, I really do. I've spoke very highly of him in the past. Um, and I think he held his own, to be honest. I know he finished the back, the bottom of that group that 
you know, cross the line, but to finish six tenths, six tenths off between, you know, there was some elbows. I mean, I th who was it? Was it Sasaki and Guevara going into the last sector? It was like, I thought one of them was just going to full Max Biaggi and, you know, yeah. elbow one of them into the grass yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll give it RT gas. I think I think anybody to hold on to the pace that Guevara was holding and Sasaki had clear pace and obviously Garcia. Um, anyone in that group did well to keep that pace. Um, mm. And I think RT gas out of the five has got the weakest package. Um, so yeah, I'll give it. I'll give yeah. it RT gas. I think he. I think he rode well. Probably Holgado for me. Um, best of the rest in a way. You know that from mm. if you're leaving that from pack side. Best yeah. of the rest. Um, and rookie season still doing well still uh seems to be improving every single race weekend um you know and showing showing kind of why was the uh junior formula uh formula three junior motor three world champion so uh yeah it was coming strength to strength and i i, I don't know i have a feeling seasons to come it might be like a holgado munyoth kind of jewel. Yeah. Which would be quite yeah. interesting. Um I don't think that's a silly thing to say to be honest. But we shall see. But um yeah that wraps up Moto three, a good a good kind of Moto three race to end the season. And then we of course like I said we've got Silverstone coming up next which which could suit someone like um Sasaki. Uh but who knows Fodger we saw Fodger last season he won didn't he in um no, he didn't win, sorry. What, he got the he, podium. He got the podium, but obviously that seems to kickstart his kind of revival. Yeah, I, ended, I, ended it's very early there. to say, but I think I think the Gas Gas boys are going to be in a league of their own at, at Silverstone. Not yeah. a league of their own, yeah. but I think from the off through till... Yeah. I, I can't see the Gas Gas boys being far off leading or breaking away and it being a, a, a team fight, to be honest. But, well, yeah, yeah I... Which would be good with them too, because them two at the moment are the championship kind of uh, candidates. Um, so, you know that that would that would make sense for it to be them two battle in a way, and uh, the will give us an exciting battle. But then, of course, if you throw in Sasaki into the mix, and um, if you throw in Foggia, if he's if he's back on form, it, you, you could have a, a four plus away fight for for the win, which would be interesting. Um, yeah. And then moving on to Moto Two, which was also an exciting race, I found. Um, you know, a lot of action um, from the start to the finish, really, as as you usually get with with Moto Two, the junior ones, Moto Three, Moto Two. You do get a lot of action, but of course, Augusto Augusto Fernandez won out, came coming first. Uh, Iagora finishing second, and Jake Dixon finishing third. Do you have any thoughts on the front runners, or should we kind of deal with the the DNFs first? Because there were a few notable names, which, well, for us there was one notable name, but you know there was a few notable names in the in the DNF lineup, or kind of. Category. Yeah, I mean, obviously it was kind of sad to see Marshall Strutter use oh, that momentum of God. Saxon Ring and then yeah, lead so in Anson and crash out. I really hope that doesn't knock his confidence because I, you know, he, he looked I, like... I thought he was about to win through my ride with the days, but yeah, yeah, I was going to say I, when I saw him went down, I was like, you can't sit there and say he does well every time I give him ride of the day now. <laughs> um, Sam Lowe's, without going too far into it, I'd, I'd love to get Sam on for the podcast, and hopefully we will at some point. Um, but. 
I just I, I would love to know what's going on with Sam at the minute. Just you know, just where he's at and what his plans are and everything. Because with a team like that, with the form that Sam's on, I think it's not harsh to say that it'd be interesting to see if he is there next year. Mm. Um, and obviously, I, I, I look at people like Nicolo Antonelli, and I'm like, oh, I don't know. I just I don't think fitting for him at all. Moto two. He just seems an absolute mile off it. Um, in terms of the front runners, <coughs> well, excuse just, me. Just to quickly mention, Cambodia oh, getting yeah. knocked off by Vietti, I'm sure. If well, I remember did he correctly. get knocked? I, I don't want to well, mistake. Didn't, but I'm sure he got. It looked he got... like he did, but they commentated on it and said that he didn't. So I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Okay. I, I don't. I think I'm more on your side in saying it looked like Vietti tickled him if you like but um they said that he didn't so i don't know but well, it would make sense as to why he didn't get anything for it really yeah exactly if he didn't do anything um but from the from the initial kind of footage mm. of it, it it looks like he's they've gone it was the first corner wasn't it it was turn one yeah and they've gone in quite hot and almost has given him a little badge not intentionally i'm sure but yeah um but maybe that was just the angle. I'm not sure. Yeah, and obviously um, we had a Renas that that crashed out very yeah. late on, um, which was heart in mouth moment because I thought it was Dixon. But um, yeah, but no, yeah, I mean yeah, nice to see. Out. Yeah, speaking of, not, lovely to see Jake on the podium. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, I think Jake is a massive confidence rider. I think you know if if he has a podium and whatnot, and I really hope he gets that race win this year. But I think if he keeps on like he does and uses that going, I mean, to get a podium before Silverstone must must feel good knowing that you have podium pace going into that. But I mean, speaking of form going into it, I mean, Augusto Fernandez just looks different yeah. gravy at the Untouchable minute. Untouchable at the moment. Untouchable. Yeah, he looks phenomenal. And to be honest, I'm almost like if Vietti doesn't pull his finger out and pull some form out, Augusto Fernandez on current form is just going to run away with it. But um, Iagora did well, very well. I, th- I think I'll, I'll give Iagora my ride of the day already because he mm. had a high side early on, saved it, went down to yeah. 16th, I think yeah. it was, and got all the way out to second, which in Moto2, if you'd have said that last year, we'd have never thought that would have happened for He's any sick. rider. To, to come through the pack is not really a known thing in Moto2, is it? So no, he's he's uh like I said, he flew up. He he's kind of he's closed that gap on Vietti as well in the championship, and yeah. he kept up with Augusto and made sure he didn't he didn't get too far away from him. Only five points, obviously, in it. So um, Agora, yeah. yeah, he's 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 still in the hunt for it, and he's still well, um, you know, well positioned to take advantage of anything. Yeah. Any slip ups from anyone else? Obviously, it's a shame Aaron Cannot couldn't be involved. Yeah, because I just think, um, for him, it, it's it's almost not really his fault that he's not kind of no. fighting for it anymore, which is a shame because he's got the talent there and he's he seems to have the, you know, the momentum and the and the um, form to be able to fight. What a second, third, fourth, DNF at America, Portugal, second, second, Spain, France. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, 30, he's thirty points off now. He's thirty yeah. points off Chelsea Viet, which is not, you know, it's not insurmountable, it, really, is it? It's it's not insurmountable, but I think well, you know when you have thirty points off, um, and you've got more than if it was just Vietti, then 
you know, it could be all it has to be is yeah. like a Elish um quarter hour kind of situation where Vietti crashes, you finish tie up, you can chip away. But when you've got people like or, Fernandez and Agora there. Yeah, I mean you look you know, at everyone above. I mean Agora as I'm trying to I don't like my mind is completely off it today, but like you look at Canet and he's thirty points off and he's not won a race yet. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So He's got to, because I mean, obviously, Agora won in Jerez. Augusto Fernandez has won. What did he win? He won Saxon Ring, um, Le Mans, yeah, Le Mans and Assen. So he's yeah, three wins. Celestino Vietti's won a few. Can it? I think if he won, it'd be diff- it, it might be a different story. But Can it's got to come back and you know put his foot down, hasn't he? Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, all in all. A brilliant race. I'd a lot. I would have liked to have seen Bo Benchnard get on the podium with it being his home race. But yeah, I mean, well, he gave way, it a good goal. Brilliant well. result. Yeah, he gave it a result. really good goal. Um, yeah, he he kind of it was almost like that that home race kind of uh, bias. Yeah, 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 like like it, it gave him that extra ten percent because, well, no disrespect to him, but we never really see him up up fighting for a, a podium slash win. So. Yeah, that was that was big. Um, it was it was big for for Asin. It was big for him. It was big for the fans, you know. And to get a fifth place is is more than respectable, you know. It was it was a really good result for him. Yeah. But yeah, he just doing enough to hang in there. Um, again, again, he's picked up points. He has picked up he's, points. He keeps he? picking up points. He keeps, and even even the races where he doesn't do well, it always seems to be that those races, uh, where say like a Gora or Fernandez do worse than him anyway. Yeah. Um. So he's just hanging in there by like the skin of his teeth. I don't know how long he can keep it going for, but I don't know if he's. I don't know if he's like the champion by the end of it. Depending, of course, depending how many seasons, um, depending how many. Sorry, depending how many, um, how many points he is ahead of Fernandez and Agora. I still, I still feel like he probably didn't deserve it. You know what I mean? It's 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 a weird feeling to have, but. I think the flyaways now that they're back are going to be so big for the championship. I remember like Danny Kent 2015 went to the flyaways and we were all like, yeah, he's going to win this championship. And <laughs> Philip Island, he crashed. And, you know, it was just like before Aragon, he crashed on the last, 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 last corner. And it's just before they went to the flyaways and it just opened everything up. And the flyaways, like I said before, a lot of these riders have not rode whatever bike they're on in the flyaways because they've mm. not been for three years. So it's, it's literally like new tracks to everybody in a sense. Yeah. Um, I can't wait. I cannot wait for G. We've we've finished Assen, and there's like I think it was forty something days till Silverstone, and I'm already chomping at the bit for it to get going again. I just want to see the championship on every category. Yeah. Yeah. Just go, just go. Come on, let's see it. Race every day. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, your rider of the day, Josh. I've already given mine an Iagora. Um. Yes, yeah, uh, brilliant rides there, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, like I said, it was such an exciting race, and the, any one of the top, well, the top five could have really, really silly won it. Um, but, ah, but uh, probably honourable mentions of Bo Ben Schneider for just kind of, kind of pulling out a, a performance for the fans, for the home fans, I'd say. Yeah. Um, but probably again, I'd be a bit biased. I think Jake Dixon really. You know, yeah. sticking in there, especially the moment when we saw a uh, like you said, we saw a 
but but we saw a rayness down. Yeah, but yeah. There was kind of half of me was like, "That's Jake Dixon." Maybe being a bit cynical, but we've we've seen it before, haven't we? With Jake, like I was just almost like I think it was just the hope of him winning or getting on the podium was so high that I was just like, "Please don't let oh. this be Jake." Do you know? What I yeah. Mean? But um, um, yeah, Jake Dixon for me, really good performance, yeah. and I've said it loads of times, but. You take something like that into a summer break where you've got five weeks yeah. off. That's massive for his confidence. I mean, look at Jake and look at Dennis Foggia. Different classes, different situations. But Dennis mm. Foggia is going to be going into the summer break now and he'll have all sorts of things in his head. Jake Dixon needed a result. Not needed, but wanted a result. You know what I mean? Like he was waiting for that result to come. And he's had it. And now it's like home race. He'll be chomping mm. at the bit to get Silverstone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, moving on to GP. And oh my God. I am ready for a scrap. I am <laughs> ready to throw hands. I wonder. Um, I wonder what what the subject matter is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just before we get into anything, everyone listening at this point knows the result of MotoGP. But I will just say the top three was Peko Bagnaya, Marco Bezzecchi, and Maverick Vinales. However, anyone that listened to our annoyingly delayed German Grand Prix podcast that came out on Monday, which was meant to be out on like Thursday or whenever it was. Um, anyone that's listened to that will know that I jokingly said to Josh, ha ha, Fabio, this weekend at Assen, huh, I've got double points on him. And Josh responded with, uh, oh God, that's, yeah, you've got him in double points. I better watch out. And well, anyone I, that's been I listening, also had him in double yeah, points. Yeah, Josh as also well. had him in double points. <laughs> for our fantasy team, but anyone that's been listening to this podcast now for, it could be a week, it could be a month, it could be a year, you will know I am literally, I'm struck down by some form of God with an unlucky curse of whoever I pick to do well will do badly. Like it, it's, and the thing is, like I've said before, it's not even like a biased thing in saying this or, a, you know, blow my own trumpet. It's not a silly prediction. It's never a silly prediction. It's always a, He's done well here, he's done well there, they're similar tracks, or he's won there every year, or do you know what I mean? It always makes sense. And we look like this, I went to Assen, Yamaha, always done well at Assen, always. Fabio won there last year. It's the most suited track for grip for the bike that he's on. And he crashes. I, it makes sense for me to pick it, but I again curse this. And... Um, yeah, I'm I'm just going to go straight in and say, Freddie Spencer, you deserve to be sacked. You deserve to no longer have that job in the stewards role. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. And Josh will back me up in saying this, that after Mugello, I said it, backing up Alex Rins. So this is not a Yamaha bias comment in me saying that the stewards are ridiculous in their decision. Josh, am I right in saying that I did say this with Alex Rins in saying it's ridiculous that there is no penalty for the Takanakagami incident. It's ridiculous that there was no Nakagami incident for Mugello. And I did say it about Peko on Martin at Qatar. So anybody that wants to say, he's only saying this because it's Fabio Quattararo, go back and listen to the previous podcast before you make that judgment. But to give Fabio Quattararo a long lap penalty at Silverstone, I honestly, if that was the penalty for every incident that had happened like that, fair enough. Although I think that's stupid on an instant like that where they're going to be ambitious and overtake at a corner that everyone's overtaken on. It makes sense. It wasn't dirty. It was clean. He made a mistake. It doesn't deserve a penalty. It's not like 
He's gone off line, wiped him out. It's not like he's braked 30 metres later and wiped him out. He's He's gone for a normal over, overtake. The front tyre has gone and it's just pushed Aleish wide into the gravel trap. Fair enough. Fabio has gone and apologised to Aleish and Aleish is like, it, you know, that's fair enough. It, mm. it's, it's a normal... No rider in that incident would turn... They'd be annoyed, but they wouldn't turn around and say, I'd never do that. Every rider has done that at Assen at yeah. that turn. Yeah. So for him it's, to get a penalty for it and bizarre. no penalty the other way is exactly is well, bizarre. It's bizarre. My my view on it is personally I, I would personally a long lap penalty I I'm fine with a long lap penalty for it for that particular incident personally. But but considering none of the other incidents this season have got a long lap penalty then I am not fine with that getting along exactly. that penalty. If you get what I mean, if you see where I'm coming exactly. from, you know, it just doesn't make any sense. Now answer if me you... this, Josh. Answer me this. If Alex Marquez would have made that move on Darren Binder, would he get a penalty? In, t- in, uh, in the steward's I, eyes, do you think he'd get a penalty? What? Are we talking the because same? Because it's not a championship content. Yeah, it's just a, a, a because not... we're still, yeah, so if you... So being cynical, I reckon. Mugello, yeah, no, being cynical, no, it doesn't. Because there's no championship implication, they probably wouldn't but because be that, Fabio's run away with the championship, even though he hasn't, there because isn't. the, the because, gap is like 30-odd yeah. points, penalty. It wasn't even like, yeah. we'll review it, and then we'll leave it after, like, you know, tomorrow, yeah, or we'll review, it after, we'll review it after the rate. They knew straight away... They were giving him a long lap the next race. They knew straight away. I'm not having any it's, of the bollocks that it was like, silly. we're going to win. And it's also, another thing that's annoyed me, it's the fact that, like, it was after the race that they, they give this long It's not, like, in the race. Now, apparently, one of the reasons Yamaha sent him out, we might get on touch on it when we talk in the race, like, fully, but might as well mention it now. Apparently, one of the reasons they sent him out again um, is because they thought, Right, if we do get along that penalty, you know, we can save it. We can, we can yeah, save the penalty. Yeah, I think as well it was almost like because there were spits of rain. Yeah, like because it was rain, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Might red yeah, flag yeah. And you might, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, great equaliser that rain is like, yeah. let's get, you can get on a new bike that's, a, that's, that's, um, or if they restart you know, the race or anything, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They can, the, 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 I, so I can understand. I know a lot of people are like, why'd you send him out? That was ridiculous. But I can kind of see the logic of it. But then I guess if your riders say the bike's unridable, it's it's on you then massively. It's on it's on the team. That, uh, yeah, you know, can't be like, oh, Fabio, you broke your wrist. How silly were you to go back out? Mm. It's like you know, be it's on the team. team. Yeah, yeah, of course it is. But on the on the stewarding thing, honestly, I I was absolutely livid, and I yeah, I'm livid because it's who it is. But I I have said this. I have said this months and months and months. It's not this weekend. I've said it. I've said it since Argentina 2018. When it was Sepang 2015, back of the grid for Rossi, Mark Marquez ride through. It's like it's the same thing, and you're giving them different penalties. I just honestly, I have not seen one thing that Freddie Spencer's done where I go bang on in terms of mm. a racing incident in a race where I think he should be getting that, and it's a controversial one where people go, "Oh, it could be this, could be that," and I think. Yeah, you know what? You've made the right decision. Well, what about bringing the point system back, or having like a penalty, a point system? 
where it's like three I, points. I don't know, or whatever, but I, you know, like a, like the UK driving I, license laws, where you yeah, I completely you know. agree with you in the sense of I would be fine with a one long lap if Pecco had one at Qatar, yeah, if, if Nakagami had yeah. two for Barcelona, if but, Jack Miller had one at. at Portimao, Portimao. You know, but all of that is completely forgotten about and we leave it because it's a racing incident. A rider goes to overtake cleanly. There was no contact before he went down. Long lap. I just, for the life of me, I do not understand what on earth. I mean, Nakagami at Mugello, you were never overtaking Rins there and you, you nudged him off. No penalty. The corner that Fabio Quattararo overtook Alation, we saw through Moto3, Moto2, probably an overtake every lap at some mm. point across the grid. It's not like he's gone for an overly ambitious move. Do you know what I mean? No, it's just, he's made it's a just, mistake. He's admitted he's made he's a just, mistake. Yeah, he's just got it wrong. That's it. But it can that's, happen. Yeah, so that was sweet. That's it. That is completely it. But, yeah, it's a, it's a one long lap. I mean, right? it, it literally... It, obviously, this happened after we sung his praises in the Saxon Ring episode about how <laughs> he never makes mistakes. And yeah, and you were like, all we were saying, weren't we? We were like, never crashes, he never crashes, and he did. <laughs> and like, he's what? like, hold my beer. No, but, it, yeah. he, and the fact as well is, Alish didn't fall off, and he ended up finishing fourth. Yeah, I mean, so what, it's not like... Credit where credit's due, just quickly, I mean, credit to Alish for that, that was phenomenal. Yeah, that was crazy. I mean, he, he could have easily, he could he probably won that victory. race. Yeah, I think he, he could have. He had the pace. Um, but you can't really, then again, you, you know, that's not something you could penalise uh, Fabio for because he would have been in there fighting for the victory as well. So, yeah, yeah, it's, exactly. um, yeah, it's, it's, it's frustrating. And again, what the problem is, this is a, this, for me, this is the main problem. We've opened this segment of the podcast where we're, we're reviewing and talking about the race, which was a great race. And we've been, it's been overshadowed by, yeah. A steward decision. Debacle. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah. It shouldn't, it be, shouldn't the case. be that. Yeah. It should not be that. It, it should never be, be that. Never. And it, it, it's poor, really. It's poor. Like, I mean, like Dennis Onchu, uh, Mizano last year, gets concussed, then gets allowed to race. Like, yeah. honestly, how, how on earth are these stewards still in a job? Yeah. How? The problem how? is, the problem is, and I hope it doesn't happen, but I feel like the only way we're going to have a big change up of the stewards is if we get some kind of Abu Dhabi-esque performance from them where there's like a, a championship deciding decision. Like it may be a bit like 2015, but no one wants to see that kind of thing again. But I feel like unless you want, unless it, for something drastic to change in that steward room, we're going to have to have something similar, which I don't, I, I'm not wishing. What, I don't want, I don't want yeah, to. No, I agree time. with you. No matter what sport it is, if it's snooker, if it's fucking skiing or whatever, the regulations and the governing body have to be consistent throughout. That is the sole job, apart from the safety of the riders and whatnot, like the next step down in terms of how you regulate it, is consistency. That is what, is what footballers ask for. It's for what rugby players ask for, snook players, cricket players, you name it. They just want consistency across the whole board, with like the VAR argument. It's just consistency. And you look at MotoGP and, oh my God, Good lord! Like the the inconsistency is embarrassing. It's embarrassing mm. for people that come and watch MotoGP as a one-off. Seeing that, 
It's embarrassing. It would be embarrassing if someone watched that last year. Uh, uh, look at America. Look at America. Messiah, who was it that was that was weaving? I think it was Messiah and Alcoba were weaving, but because they didn't cause the incident and Onchu did, Onchu got penalised, they didn't. You, yeah. could pick, you could pick any race and there's one incident that is the same, the same you know, infringement, but we'll penalise him, we won't him. I just don't get how these people are still in a job. Rin said it after after Catalonia. Go yeah. home, stay at home. And I, honestly, I said what I said to you didn't I straight after Barcelona. I said I agree with him entirely. And you were like, well, give or take, whatever. You look at that now. He's right. You can't tell me he's not right. Like the inconsistency. Uh, just, yeah, just the inconsistency is ridiculous. It really is. And unfortunately, I feel like this isn't gonna. This is not. If you know, as long as this podcast is going for, I don't know, but you know, as long as it is going, this ain't going to be the last time we end up speaking no, I don't. about. I, mean, you, I don't mind it the odd time decision. if it's a small thing, but when when you're talking championships and stuff like that, like you say, I I you know something, Josh? I think you might be right. I think it might be a case of someone's got to fucking like break a leg and get penalised for it in order for someone to turn around and go, hang on, he's not done anything wrong and he's going to lose a championship and then it ends up going that way. It sounds stupid to say, but if you said to me, this is what's going to happen at the weekend at Assen, I'd say, well, he won't get a penalty for it because all the others didn't. The fact that he has, again, bad square one. So, I don't know. I mean, Fabio will have the bit between his teeth, which if I'm another rider, I'd probably shit myself because I think, you know, if he has a, if he has a long lap at Silverstone, Genuinely, I think he he got a good chance of still winning, but he has, yeah. But he he shouldn't even be. Again, you, you go around in circles, and whatnot. But the stewards won't turn around and say that's our fault. We hold hold his hands up, having looked at the point being made, which the fans shouldn't have to be doing for them, and you know review it properly, and they take it back. They shouldn't. They shouldn't do that. They won't do that. They'll just again brush it under the carpet. And then they'll wait for people like us for when another incident comes up for us to have to bring it up and say, look, guys, this is another stupid, moronic decision made by our mm. our stewards that are governing our sport. At the absolute pinnacle, they are making fundamental, idiotic errors like they are now. It's And I don't, you know, I don't go lightly on what I'm saying. Like, genuinely, idiotic stupid errors that they're making. It's not even like, like I say, tip for tat, you know, in for a penny, in for a pound sort of thing. We are talking championship deciding decision, you know, like the decisions that are being made are Mm -hmm. changing championships at the pinnacle of the sport we're talking about. So, I don't know, maybe I'm talking for peanuts, but Freddie Spencer, if you if I if I was the boss of whoever Freddie Spencer is working for or whoever picks those people out, and I'm not just picking Freddie Spencer out, but he has a big say in it because of his name, I'd sack them all. I would. I'd sack them all. Fresh face. Because like you said, it is going to wait for a 2015 sort of job to come round and go, oh yeah, yeah, all right then we'll sack them. It's like, no, why wait for something like that, like that to keep yeah. happening? Yeah. It's the same with safety where. Why would you not push for safety? And I'm not saying Dawn are doing this, by the way, but it's just like a, you know, using the same context. Why would you, why would you stop pushing for safety as much because people aren't getting hurt? Why would you, why would you wait for someone to get hurt? You won't, would you? And at this rate, we're talking about the same sort of thing. It's almost like people can do what they want 
if you're not fighting for a championship. <laughs> it's fucking ludicrous. Mm. Absolute ludicrous. It makes no sense. But again, I completely agree with every point you've made in saying that this shouldn't be what we're talking about, but you can't not. It's difficult. Not. Unfortunately, that's how it is. And hopefully, you know, but I'd love to think that maybe the end of this season they're like all right for next season we'll have a we'll have a shuffle but i don't think yeah. unfortunately i don't think that's going to be the case but moving on from stewarding kind of drama um if we move into results uh if we can talk first about bezeki on a lighter note on a positive note a second place one hell of a yeah. ride by him Brilliant. wow that was really good that was really really good. happy for him and i mean what Bloody hell, how far was he off? He was, what, half a second off Banyaya? Four tenths. Incredible. I mean, just that kind of ride. I think even I think even Casey Stoner came out and was like, that was that was one hell of a ride. Like and if you're getting praise from him who probably don't really publicly say much no. on MotoGP these days, then he's not you know you're every doing every session, is he? No, he's, he's he's you know you're doing something right. Yeah. He's really, really maturing on that bike. Really is, um, and we, we. I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility to say, yeah, you could have a maybe not maybe not this season, but next season you might have a Bastianini level. He's putting the name on that, isn't he? He is. He is. I mean, I, I don't think a, I don't think a first wins that far away. Even maybe this season, if there's a if there's a if if yeah. everything falls right for him in terms of like a chaotic race. Um, on that point you just made with Bastianini. And this sounds really harsh, like I'm trying to make something that it doesn't exist. But we've seen in the past with like your Alonzos and your Vettels and people like that that have supposedly had a bit of a word to say, I want him. I want him as a teammate. Mm. If Bagnai has got a choice, he's picking his mate, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Echo's yeah. their man. If they turn around and say, right, who do you want? Which they will, you know, his his opinion will go into the hat. Were you telling me he's he's going to pick Bastianini or Zarco or Marty? No chance. He's going to say, isn't he? He's going to say Bezecchi yeah. or Marini. Yeah. Well, I think on that front, I do think Martin's probably going to get it. I think he's. It seems like he's he's well. If you're going off recency bias, anyway, he's kind of hit that level of form again. Not maybe not not top form like we've seen from him, but he's hit some co- mm. some consistency now. And I don't know when they're meant to be making the decision. I don't know if it's through this summer. Like we're going to find out Silverstone. Yeah, we... <laughs> probably, it's probably Valencia. Um, yeah. I, I don't know, but uh, it seems at the moment, I think the pendulum's back in Martin's court because it'll be very much a recency bias. It'll be very much a fact that, right, look, Bassinini's either crashing or he's finishing down the order now. Well, um, I can't believe that Zarko finished 13th. Like, I, yeah, I missed that, that result. And Bassinini I mean, in 11th. Was he a gold rider of mine? No, he wasn't. But but, but on that was... point, it's like we've said every single time we do Catty, it's like no one... Like Zarko last week, we were like, surely, you know, give it Zarko. And now I'm like, Zarko, finish top five. You, you've probably secured yeah. more of a seat than you could have ever had 13th. I'm like... <laughs> and Bezeki's now like, it? hi, guys, I've, yeah. I've joined the chat. It's like, yeah. <laughs> who wants this fucking seat at Ducati? <laughs> <laughs> it's it is bizarre. I mean, you know, I I do think uh, I don't know. It's it's we're only halfway through the season, but I do think Banyaya's race might be run in terms of championship. He's still sixty six yeah. points off Fabio. That's and not I mean, that's not 
it's know. not. Uh, yes, it's it's not beyond the realms of possibility, and he, he did bridge a bigger gap, I think, from last season, which it might obviously didn't mean anything in the end, but he because he left it a bit too late. Um, but I don't know. I just feel, I, I just feel that uh, he's had too many mistakes already this season, and yes, this is a big result for him. You could argue it's it wasn't really a difficult one for him because but when Fabio's had his mistake he's capitalized the best of way that he could hasn't he, he can yeah yeah he has he has he really has I mean he was leading out front um I didn't think he was going to finish I just I just at the moment I'm just in this mentality of if he's leading the race he's going to bin it Peco but, pessimist here <laughs> yeah really but I know he's 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 done what he needed to do and he's done it at a time when now he's got five weeks to stew on it. He's got five weeks. Whereas again, it's the opposite for Fabio really, even though it's a rare mistake from Fabio and it's probably once in a blue moon. And uh, well, like I say, I think you'll have the bit between his teeth now. He'll have the bit between his teeth, but he's still got five weeks to sit on that and think, right, let me just go. Let me go for it again. Mm. But he's got a long time to wait. So he's, I do think Fabio is the kind of guy that, if he's like kind of waiting behind this bolted gate, as soon as that gate gets open, I think he'll literally come out of the traps at Silverstone and be like putting his foot down. You know, you oh, know if yeah. Fabio is like two tenths quicker than everybody. Everyone will be thinking, I hope that long lap's the longest lap he's ever had. Because, yeah, it'd be making yeah. a statement for but sure. I just um, want to say as well, Brad Binder P5, that's a result. Yeah. That was a brilliant result for Brad. I mean, there were some good rides. Maverick, we've obviously not mentioned, first podium oh, for yeah, Aprilia. Well, that, was a, that was a good he, ride for Maverick. He looked over the moon with that. I mean, yeah, if you look at his, this third place for Aprilia versus second place for Yamaha last season, where he looked like he looked like he just finished last. Yeah, he was yeah, not no, happy I with mean, that second. Assen's a good track for Maverick, it seems. Um, I think did he win there in Moto Three in 2013? I could be wrong. I think Lewis Salom actually won that race, but um, but yeah, sorry, uh, yeah, no, I, I, Maverick's. Maverick takes to Assen very well and you know credit where credit's due he did very well but rider of the day I think oh, I think I'm going to have to say Aleish although I want to pick Marco Bezzecchi mm, Aleish to go in the gravel one. trap and then finish you know a wow. second behind the podium like yeah I think fair. for me it was that two that two kind of two bike overtake of Miller and Binder yeah yeah right that, that deserves it in that, itself that just came out of nowhere that was yeah. amazing and the, the, all them points, those what is it? Two points is extra. He's got something like that. Yeah, I, I can't. I should really know the point system by now, but I don't. Um, well, I mean, if he'd have stayed behind Miller, he'd have finished on ten points. The fact that he overtake Miller and overtook Miller and Binder, he finished on thirteen. So, so an extra three. Yeah, yeah, that's that could mean a lot for the championship going forward. But it was you could tell he really he were he was either he was either passing him or he was crashing. <laughs> Yeah. Really, I think that's it. Was his mentality? He was just like, right, I'm, I should have been on the podium today, so I'm gonna make sure I finish as close to the podium as as I can. And he he managed to. He did. Um, yeah. But so who have with you got Brad your... Binder, I'll go on. Uh, just quickly, I, I've got a couple more people to mention, and then yeah, we'll wrap it up. But Brad Binder, that just shows really if they can qualify quite high or higher than usual, it shows mm. what it's capable of and what. Binder's capable of really. Um, I mean, both in top ten, both KTM's. Yeah, 
But Yamaha again, when it rains, it pours. Morbidelli, yeah, really? Darren Binder. If you'd have picked one weekend that the Adio. Yamaha would have had a good weekend. It would have been Assen. It literally would have been Assen. It's it, so weird. Wow. But it shows how much they're in the mud if, if Fabio's not yeah. in the mix. I mean, yeah. highest place finish was Dovey in 16th. I mean, if you'd have told, like, if you'd have said this time last year at Assen, oh, yeah, next year. Your highest place finish is going to be 16th. It's going to be Dovizioso. So. <laughs> yeah, you'd, 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 you'd like, have oh, known what? people had a crash, wouldn't you? Bloody hell. Yeah, you'd have been like, what? Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, so I think Yamaha really, well, they have to make sure they have to make sure that, um, you know, Fabio stays fit this season, which obviously mm. they can't really control when he's out on track, but, you know, they've got to do the best. And also that they need to either get Morbidelli to improve or. You know they need to start really looking at replacement because, like you said, it's it's easy. It's not like a Honda issue where literally no one can ride a bike, but they can't be in a position where they've only got one person riding a bike. Yeah, yeah you know, no, if, you if can. Got, uh, yeah, never. yeah. If you've got a rideable bike that people can do well on, you want to make sure you've got two people who can ride that bike well rather than just one. So. For me, I think. yeah, but like you said, I don't think you can ever make a neutral bike, but I do think you can make yeah, it's a, a tough, bike that it is you know, tough. Yeah. yeah, um, and I think who mentioned in the Discord about bringing up Mia, which oh yeah, Joe, Joey anyway, mentioned but... quickly. What do you think Alej yeah. could have done in the situation, sort of thing? I, I don't think he could have really done much, but he did well with it. And Mia, with the starting thing, I I don't want to be wrong in this, but it looked like it was more Oliveira's fault than it was Mia's because Mia stopped yeah. on what position he was on. I don't think Mia did anything wrong. No, I don't think he did. Not that part. And then he's. And then, and then he obviously just come across him. Marini, didn't he, in the, in the start? Yeah, like, yeah I, that, that sort of just happens, really, doesn't it? It it's does. A... I mean, it, it was probably Mia looked to go more to the left than Marini came to the right, but yeah, it was kind of... I mean, if you're ever going to have like a racing incident, it's going to be in a situation like that when you've got everyone starting in such close proximity. Everyone's kind of probably... Most people probably choose before the start off. Most people probably choose the line that they're going to take into the first corner. So I can imagine Marini and Mia were both thinking along the same lines of, right, this is a racing line I'm going to take into the corner. So, um, you know, they just happened to touch. So, yeah, yeah. it's uh, no long like penalty for them. <laughs> no, no. Um, and the only thing I, I'll end it on is I wonder how Marini's feeling at the moment. I wonder what he's thinking. Because at the moment, he is this season, he's getting overshadowed by Bezeki. Yeah, but um, I mean, he did have a good result in Saxabring, don't forget. I mean, he was, he was only a, a slither off of the podium, wasn't he? he was yeah, on, yeah, but, yeah, um, I get that. He is a um, slow burner, isn't he, Marini? He always has been. Yes, he he he, he has he is a slow burner, and he, he has got he has got um, good finishes in him. Obviously, we've seen this year and last season, he had a couple as well, but I don't know. I'm just thinking, as the senior member of the team... Yeah. I mean, he's only three... He's only three points behind Bezeki, so he's not exactly you know, he's not he's not a million miles off, but you know, you probably are thinking to yourself, I should I should be the one probably ahead of us both. But Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. And that's about it really. My rider of the day, uh God. Um Bezeki. Uh, I'd say yeah, I'd probably say Bezeki. Bezeki, honourable mention to Again, Alesha and Vinales are two Aprilias because they had a strong showing and, you know, Vinales showing, you know, that he, he can do something on that bike and, of course, Alesha fighting back. 
Um, but probably Bezeki, I think. Again, it was one of them rides he, no one expected to, him to be anywhere near the top top end of the yeah. the um, the result there. So, yes, Bezeki for me. Okay, then. So we will finish off quickly with MotoGP Fantasy. I've not even looked at um, it. I've not even looked no, at it. I mean, I just, I just again, anyone that listened to last week will know that I picked Fabio. I went out of my way to pick Fabio, double boosted him. He crashed. And you know who I had as my second rider, Josh? Have a guess who, who I had as my second rider. Go on, I'll let you have a guess. Um, uh, uh, oh, someone who, someone who crashed. Even worse. Oh, uh... Paula Spargo with the remaining money I had left. No way! What in your gold? Yeah, there's a gold. Oh my god! Wow. Because 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 I could only make two trades, and the two rides I had in previous were Marquez and I think it might have been Pecco, and I swapped Pecco for Fabio because I was like Fabio at Assen, Pecco at Assen. Yeah, I go with Fabio as everyone probably did, and yeah, I just took the bullet. It's just a it's just a meme at this point, isn't it? With uh... <laughs> With yeah. my fantasy game. Yeah, actually, it's, um, it's, it's quite hilarious. Um, <laughs> just laughing at my demand. To be fair, before this weekend, I was, or I say this weekend, on the Saturday, I was going to un- unboost uh, Quartararo. Partly because you had him boosted, but partly <laughs> because I, I just wasn't feeling it. I thought, actually, I'm not too sure if he's going to if he's gonna run away with it like he did last season. Yeah. Um, and then I forgot, like, you know, like which like what happens sometimes. I just uh, and it was in qualifying. I was like, ah, oh, crap, it's too late. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I did have uh, Bezeki my silver riders, so you know, I suppose there's that. Whoop de woo, hey. There is that. Uh, but yeah, before I wait, I'm I'm just on the uh, the wrong thing here. So leagues, I think Josh, that might be you at the top three because of the double boost being. Um, thing. Oh no, you are still second. You are still second. Oh, um, forty-six, forty-six, staying in first. Josh in second, and Nola Bali, Nula Bali, um, from what I believe is the Uganda abbreviation, um, oh. sitting eleven points behind Josh. So you have got somebody close on your heels with that. However, I am in sixty-fourth. So let's just not even go there. Um. <laughs> But yeah, um, as usual, we'll wrap this podcast up now. We are looking to um, have guests on during this summer break, and we will let you guys know on Twitter, which you can follow at Red Sector GP, um, or it might be, it's Red Sector Motor GP. I don't even know our own abbreviation, but you'll find it on there. <laughs> we, we've we've chopped and changed between GP and Motor GP a few times, but yes, you will see us at Silverstone as well. We will be at Silverstone, whether it be for one day, two days, or three days. We have not decided yet, so we will let you know on that front as yes. well. Um, but yeah, you can you can join our Discord server, which is on my Twitter profile at BonoGP underscore. You can follow, uh, join the Discord and join the... I think they've got, we're over 40 members now, so we've got a fair few of you listening and talking crap, I suppose. We do like to talk a lot of crap in there. Um, but we do actually talk GP with a few other people um, in there. So, yeah, join that. Follow Josh on Twitter, at Red Sector Josh. Follow Matt, who, if you are listening, you wonder who the hell is Matt. Matt is the original host of the Red Sector GP podcast. However, Matt is just on holiday, let's just say. Uh, Matt's just busy. Matt's um, changing between jobs. So not only is the American time zone a bit of a difficult one for us to get over normally, it's even more difficult now because Matt's in a bit of a 
busy schedule, let's just say. So there is that. Leave a review on the podcast, uh, whatever audio platform you're listening on, whether it be Spotify or whatever. Give us a follow, give us a like or a dislike. If you didn't like it, let us know. Let us know what we can do to improve. So if you follow us on Twitter, you can, you know, talk to us and let us know how annoying me and Josh are to sit and listen to rant crap for <laughs> hours on end. But if you're still here, then I do thank you for still listening. Um, but yeah, I think that's everything on on that front. Oh, and also, I did say last week, but I will carry on banging on about it because I think Instagram have now approved me no longer as a bot on my photography oh, page. So that yes. you know, that's always a good thing in life. <laughs> Why um, was you even a bot in the first place? Because I posted so many pictures when I opened the po- when I opened the page that they thought that I was a bot. Oh, um, right. And also, I want to just say, Javier Vieje followed me on Instagram. And then the day later, unfollowed me. So I'd love to know why. Not that Javier Vieres is sitting there listening now going, I'll message him. But um, Because you were a bot. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he got told, look, that's a bot and follow him. And I'm, I'm a bit good now because I thought I had a <laughs> I had a verified follower. Or maybe he just away. thought your pictures weren't very good. Yeah, maybe. But I mean, he must have followed me for some reason. Maybe he just thought, oh, that's that guy off the red sector. Yeah, I'll follow him. And then saw me, 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 me photos and thought, oh, fuck that. I'm not, not following him. Or maybe he Maybe do do you think he'd like seen a photo of himself on your page, and then I don't have realised it, it wasn't a fan club? <laughs> Actually, <laughs> I do have some of him. I think of last year at Silverstone. So maybe if I upload one, maybe I'll follow me back. But still, if you want to follow it, it's at bunogp underscore photography. I am going to be posting up there now that I can post on there, um, and I'll be taking my camera to Silverstone as well. So hopefully, I get a few shots there. And hopefully I'll see a few people there. Maybe we'll all bump into a few people. Maybe I'll yes, see Josh. Nice. Um, we won't have any merch to give out because we haven't even got any. Not any yet. yet. Not yet. It's, not on, it's, yet. Gonna, it's in the pipeline of things. Yeah. It's in the pipeline. Um, with the Red Sector. Yeah. We're not going to be branching out into the like worldwide you know, shipping and whatnot and be uh, forking no, out 50 no. quid a t-shirt. Don't worry. We're not, we're not too... Um, famous yet to be ripping people off but bono's gonna start a tiktok though eventually Uh, apparently i am yeah that that's news to me as of as of a minute ago yeah yes well no you will be um to get like a hundred thousand views and then to have you oh yeah yeah i mean last time i got ten thousand followers and started to get create a fund for it and actually you know got a lot of following from a lot of people on tiktok and then dawna came down and ripped me to shreds so (laughs) Hopefully I'll do that again, yeah. I mean, but I will be, I have sworn to myself that I will be starting the YouTube channel back up this summer. So I will be talking shit on there as well, which will be at GP as well. So I will I will start that back up at some point. I've even got my tripod set up right behind the computer as we speak. So um, yeah, hopefully I'll start that up again and you can definitely not tune in to sit and listen to me talk shit. I don't um, want to stay away. Yeah, and Dawn will probably come and haunt me again. Maybe I'll have to I'll have to have a word. I'll have to get Matt and Fran on and say, Listen, I need you to speak to yeah. your, your big bosses and whatnot and have a word like Well but, maybe um... it's ten thousand. Maybe if it was to hit ten thousand subscribers on YouTube that suddenly show up and be like, Right. I'd be like, oh, this, this guy's actually this guy's actually all right. Be like, Yeah, yeah you, you did that on TikTok, but you took me down. Um <laughs> But yeah. But yeah, that that's all I have to say. I just thought I'd do the socials just because Yes, you know. Yeah. I'll take the plug away now. Josh yeah, we we, we like plugging. We we obviously we plug and uh we we have kind of a we're not we're not very active on Twitter as you probably know anyone who listens and follows us on Twitter, but that's because we kind of 
kind of do our own thing on the weekends. Um, it's not that we don't care or anything like that. It's no, literally no, just because, like, the opposite. If, if it's but... the race weekend, we're sort of sitting there going, like, maybe I've what? Well, I'll say maybe I I've watched Friday. Josh, Josh might be at work. Matt's in a different time zone, so he might watch it at a different time. And it's just a little bit difficult to sort of string things together. Mm. Um, but we 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 have you know we've spoken about trying to be more active and whatnot. But if you want to be like active or anything or like messaging us, I would say the best way to get involved with us is Discord. Yes, we have a lot of activity on Discord, and there is yeah. a lot. Like, Bono GP Discord yeah, the, group. The Bono GP it's basically Discord it is it is the red sector Discord. But yeah, if you like, yeah. it's the in a community. different um, yeah yeah, um, but. I mean, I, I can wake up at crack of dawn or I can wake up in the middle of the afternoon and I guarantee there's different conversations in different channels. And, you know, yeah. sometimes we host... In the past, we've hosted, like, MotoGP nights where we've gone through and watched mm. old races or live races. We watched yeah, them live year, didn't we? Yeah, live races have we done some which was, well. which was quite good. I'd like to do that again at some point. Um, mm. But, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely more thriving in there than it is anywhere else. Um, and we have you know regular things going off in there anyway so yeah if you are still listening and you've you've not turned off by now join that server and i promise you you'll have a great greeting from us all yes <laughs> you'll have a lovely warm welcome from us all yes exactly and with that keep the throttle pinned <laughs>